Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha Acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. On today's show, we're going to get you ready for a big national TV game tonight against the Pacers. Plus, Johnny on the spot. We're talking about Johnny O'Brien's big game in the Mile High City. We're talking more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Locked On, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day, whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use our promo code LOHORNETS on the free SeatGeek app and get $20 off your first purchase. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. What's up, buddy? It's another week. It's another week of Hornets action, and uh, they get the big win against Denver, which we will talk about in just a moment. And tonight, it's game night. Uh, they have a not only game night, but national TV game night. They didn't flex us out, David. <laughs> they kept it. They didn't flex on us. They That's right. Flex on us, so Hornets Pacers tonight here in Charlotte on TNT at 8 o'clock p.m., we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. I thought we would get started, David, with a little injury update for Frank Kaminsky. Of course, he suffers the injury uh, last week, last Thursday night against Phoenix. Uh, it was a officially declared an AC joint sprain in his left shoulder he is being uh, reevaluated now that he's back in Charlotte. I'm sure he will undergo an MRI, and we will get more news on that later in the day. But we do have some tweets here uh, from Spencer Percy of QueenCityHoops.com, uh, whose source uh, says that Frank Kaminsky injury is, quote, bad and, quote, similar to MKG's subluxation shoulder injury, unquote, Timetable to be determined, possibly remainder of the season. Going on to tweet, it sounds like Kaminsky will have an MRI when the team returns to Charlotte. That will obviously determine whether surgery will be required or not. And David, uh, good good to mention that uh, Spencer Percy has been his his source has been correct on uh, the previous MKG injury as well as uh, the Nick Batum injury uh, earlier this season as well. So. Um, it is, you know, it's. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the news is. But uh, if he's out for the remainder of the season, if if it does require surgery, that would obviously be a huge blow, maybe a knockout blow to the Hornets' playoff chances. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Frank's been that second scorer at least over the last month or so that we've been looking for to go alongside Kemba. So to have him miss any time, significant time, especially right now when they're trying to still keep themselves in the race for the playoffs, I mean, it's, it's, it's big. I mean, you see, and we'll talk about Johnny O'Brien a little bit. I mean, that, that's what's causing this, you know, that's what's causing them to go deep into the bench right now, too. They just can't keep anybody healthy at the center position. 
Yeah, 18 points, seven rebounds, and almost three assists in February. I mean, those are fantastic numbers for Frank Kaminsky, for any player, especially one that's stepping in or did step in to, you know, starters minutes for the first time in his career. It wasn't the first time he had ever started, but, you know, just starting game after game after game, that's the first time he's had to do that in his career. And and he was absolutely uh, excellent on offense and was getting, was starting to get some recognition from the coaching staff in terms of his rebounding as well. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's it would be disappointing yeah. if he did. But here's the thing, David, it's a young player, finally starting to blossom a little bit. And the last thing I think you would want to do is, you know, take a risk because it's, you know, playoffs are are in sight, but they certainly, it's not a guarantee. You know, it's it's not a guarantee that even if Kaminsky were to come back, that this team could make a run at the playoffs. So I think you just want to be careful in this situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's just frustrating because, like, you know, we're kind of looking forward to seeing what they would do with a healthy Cody and a healthy Frank playing well, you know, and I guess we may have to wait another year to see what that picture really looks like. But for sure, you you don't want to rush him back. But you mentioned the rebounds. I mean, 18 and 7, seven rebounds going along those 18 points in, in February. So that's really growth that I don't think we thought we would see. I mean, the scoring, I think we thought would eventually come around and, you know, he's been able to get shots off, but um, to see him kind of, like you said, kind of blossoming and the game slowing down for him a little bit, maybe. Um, it was encouraging to see. So I think that's what you can take away from this. It's just it's just the way the season has gone for the Hornets. As soon as something keeps going in the right direction, you know, they have something knock them off track. So disappointing, to say the least. But, may, hey, man, we don't know. You know, he could come back. Um, as we mentioned yesterday on the uh, on the Sunday morning show, um, it could mean the rest of the season, as Spencer said there, the. All right, uh, something good did happen on Sunday. The Hornets get a victory, a road victory. They finished their road trip 3-3 three and three with a win over Denver, 112-102. to 102. The Hornets go into the fourth quarter up 93-79. to 79. For all of those folks that are listening that were watching uh, Carolina Duke duel it out instead, uh, how, did the, how did the Hornets build this lead, David, against Denver? Well, they played well, but one thing that stood out to me was, in particular was the shot-making, Doug. I mean, I was glad to see some shots going. They were 13 for 20 in, on three-pointers in those first three quarters, and that's not some success. That's not a success rate that we've seen lately, especially from three point, um, from the three-point line. But, I mean, clearly Kimball Walker was awesome again. He's been unbelievable. I mean, really, we, we felt like we didn't talk about him enough to start the season, but he's been incredible since the All-Star break. But Nick Batum had another nice game, I thought. Um, had some nice shooting moments as well in this one. So they just, I mean, they play well. I mean, that, but the, the defense has been the theme, you know, while they struggled, but also their inability to close out and make shots, um, it's particularly in February, was something that was shooting them in the foot. So I was glad to see some shots go in. Yeah, Nick Batum uh, through the third quarter was 7 of 9 from the field, 4 of 5 from beyond the arc for 19 points. Kimball Walker, 7 of 17. Uh, We've seen him shoot better, but that's certainly, you'll take 4 of 7 from beyond the arc as well. And then Jeremy Lamb knocking down shots. He woke up in this game, 5 of 7 from the field for 12 points. You had, uh, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 players in double figures by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. So David, you're right. Uh, Shot making, but I'm going to point out something as well. 
wow, I thought they did a great job. And this is going to sound strange because you look at his stats through the third quarter, okay? Jokic had 27 points and 10 rebounds on 11 of 12, but only, here's the point, only two assists for Jokic. They they really made him become a shot maker only instead of a playmaker. And when Denver has been most dangerous is when Jokic is allowed to hit cutters coming through the lane and set up more baskets for Denver. And by you know shading over to him, uh, digging down on him, and generally making it his life difficult, uh, they kept him from being a, a playmaker. And they also forced him into three turnovers. And so I thought that was a big key was uh, turning Jokic into a scorer only. 27 and 10 through the through three quarters, but that's a good thing. The dude's wide, man. I mean, he is a big guy. Oh, man, it's going to be so yeah. fun to watch for the rest of uh, for the rest yeah. of his career. Real quick before we get to the we got to talk about the fourth quarter. Let's talk about something we know. And here's something I know. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been difficult to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And and here's the problem. None of these older ticket sites, we're not going to name names, but some of these older ticket sites, they don't want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing free app and a website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. And I'm telling you, the the free SeatGeek app, it makes it as easy as it's ever been. It's the only app that I've been using on my phone for the past couple of years now to get tickets. I I used it the other day. Um, I'm getting cultured, David. I went to the, the Charlotte Symphony. It was it was amazing. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, well, I had a friend there, so that's why I was supporting a friend. Okay. I was supporting cool. a friend, but it was it was good. It was a good show. It was my first time in the Blumenthal Center. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't the Belk Theater. It was the other the, the other one. But anyway, um, so I'm 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 almost I've almost hit them all because I went to Marin over in the Night Theater. Also, use SeatGeek to buy those tickets. So I'm I'm making my tour of Charlotte uh, venues. But anyway, uh, right. here, here's there the best. Go. Here's the best part, David. Our listeners get a twenty dollar rebate off their first purchase. To get your twenty dollar rebate on tickets, here's what you got to do: download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. And you enter our promo code L O Hornets. That's L O Hornets, and SeatGeek will send you twenty dollars after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code LOHORNETS. Okay, let's talk about this fourth quarter. The Hornets bench came in, David, and, and they held serve. They did a really good job of holding that 93-79 to lead. They, they weren't able to really push forward and extend it, but they were able to hold serve, which is exactly what you, wanna, what you want your bench to do. And a lot of that had to do with a man by the name of Johnny O'Brien, a player that was on the very end of his 10-day contract with the Charlotte Hornets, a D-League call-up, played in the D-League All-Star game over on All-Star Weekend. He plays almost five minutes in the fourth quarter, three of four from the field, two offensive rebounds, and, and he knocked down a three. I, I didn't know that was in his game, David. How big of an impact did Johnny O'Brien, the guy they call J-O-B, have on this game? He was huge. I mean, like we said, they said he was going to play beforehand because of the uh, the, the issues at the center there. 
And, you know, uh, it's nice to see somebody when called upon going there. No, I mean, no disrespect or no, uh, no shots to anyone else in the season, but I mean, no one expected that out of a guy they've called up or, you know, was off a D-League contract. I think he did play for Denver, um, earlier in the season or early in his career, but, um, regardless, yeah, he was great. Um, you wonder how much that can carry over or how much he can replicate that moving forward, but you'll take it. On a night when you need uh, everyone to contribute, I mean, I thought he was nice. Stepping out, hitting some of those jumpers too, right? Yeah, stepping out and as the roll man, but he sort of he was the roll man, but he didn't roll all the way to the rim. He let Kimba drive, and Kimba was able. We've seen Cody Zeller do this a lot, sort of not hesitate, but just sort of slow roll and wait for that sec- for, wait for his man to go after Kimba, and then set up, and Kimba tosses back to him for a knockdown jumper. Just absolutely amazing stuff, and the announcers liked it too. Johnny O'Brien, how do you do? How do you do? David, how do you think uh, Johnny O'Brien will do in terms of his minutes coming up in these next few games? Did he do enough in your mind to earn a little extra run? Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to depend on, on Why are you, why are you holding back? Now, this is interesting. So why are you holding back? Because I, I think some people listening to the show looked at that game and went, okay, this guy, get this guy in for 20-plus. This guy's ready to go. Well, for two reasons. I mean, one, Clifford historically doesn't play those guys a lot unless he absolutely has to. Uh, and, I mean, it's not easy to do that on a nightly basis. So, I mean, we'll just have to see. It was a great performance. But, I mean, given the way guys keep going down for the Hornets, um, you know, he could see those men. So, um, if they don't have anybody else to play, you think he's, he's he has to? They don't have any more bodies. Well, look, I, I'm telling you, he gets the minutes because you look at Christian Wood, who stepped in there for five plus minutes in this game, and and just get and didn't give them anything. I think you have to let mm-hmm. uh, uh, that guy continue to to run it out. He was seven of nine from the field for this game, fifteen points, six rebounds, lots of energy. You could tell though the reason that Clifford is a little and other coaches are a little. Uh, reticent to play these players is because it does affect your offensive and defensive organization because these players have not been with the team the entire season. There's just, I mean, all of this stuff is about, is about exact timing. It's a, in uh, Jeremy Lin last season called this a game of inches because it's a foot, you know, it's your left foot going a couple of inches too far on a defensive assignment and you get burnt, you know, that kind of thing. And, and you could see that like if, and you talk about the Hornets that don't have like an isolation superstar that you can throw the ball to like a Carmelo Anthony or LeBron James and say, okay, we, we accidentally messed up that set. So here, grab the ball. You, you go and get us a bucket. They don't have that guy. So if, if the set breaks down, um, or they do in Kimball Walker, but he, you know, because of size, I think it's a little tougher for him to go and, and get a basket. So right. for, for those reasons, uh, you know, you want to be careful. But I, I think just in, in the situation, if Frank Kaminsky is not able to come back in the next few games, I think you absolutely yeah. have to give Johnny O'Brien some more run. And, and I think uh, Stephanie sure. Reddy would agree. Mr. J-O-B. Hey, uh, David, the starters, they get back in this game and the Nuggets. It was funny. We were used to the bench. Uh, letting a lead go, but in this one, the starters get back in there, and the Nuggets went on a 13-3 to run that dropped the deficit 
to four. But the fourth quarter defense steps up. Cody Zeller one-on-one with Jokic does not let Jokic get the bucket. And then back on the other end, uh, they've made key offensive plays in the closing minutes. Walker knocks down the pull-up three on a simple high horn set, but it's a set that he is is very used to and very used to knocking down the three-point shot on. We've seen it time and time again. Jameer Nelson on his hip, and he knocks it down. Here was Kemba on that shot after the game. At that moment, we weren't really scoring, so you know, I just wanted to you know, try to create some space and you know, get to my shot. That's what I did. You know, I was able to. You know, that, that's, that's a shot that you know, I've made all year. Um, so I just wanted to get to my spot and take my shot, and uh, I was able to execute. Post-All-Star break, Kemba is averaging 27.2 points on 47.8% from the field and 48% from beyond the arc in those six games. His 27.2 scoring average ranks fourth in the Eastern Conference and ninth in the NBA since the break. So, David, there you go. We talked about Kemba Walker. He has been excellent. He's been awesome, man. It's good to see him bounce back, too, because he was getting worn down a little bit before the All-Star break. It's official. Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day, and studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked On Hornets. Rates are affordable, and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com for more information. Uh, Hornets 27 and 35 now, still 11th in the Eastern Conference, three games back of eighth place. So, um, you know, they hold serve uh, over the rest of the Eastern Conference or the teams around them, at least, that also uh, grab victories. And now they head into this huge game against the Indiana Pacers on national TV. They uh, they head back home, which I think is so important, David, because they've been out on the road so long. They get a, a little day of rest. They're 16 and 13 at home. They're 11 and 6 versus the Eastern Conference at home. And Indiana has lost four of its last five road games at Charlotte, dating back to the 2013-14 regular season. So all of that stuff sets up well, but the Indiana Pacers are at 32-30. and 30. They won last night against Atlanta. They're firmly planted in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. This is going to be difficult for the Hornets, David. What do they have to do to get a victory over the Pacers? Well, they've got to come out quick again, Doug. I mean, what we're seeing in a lot of these games is, for whatever reason, if they're not ready to play, it's hard for them to get back into it. Uh, so that's the big thing I'm looking for. And and I don't want to point to – not to zero in on one guy, but I just think Nick Batum makes such a big difference when he is playing like he did against Denver. Yeah. Um, you know, like I he totally did against uh, the Clippers. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's just going to be big for him and the team to come out at home and start off uh, – look at the depth. I mean, this is a, a theme of this show at this point, but the depth is such an issue. They need their main guys to play like main guys. Um, so for me, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, you look back at this Denver game, okay? Marvin Williams, 5 of 7 from the field, 14 points, 12 rebounds, and had a key bucket in the fourth quarter, that runner, after the Kimball Walker 3. Then you look at Nick Batum, Mm -hmm. 63% from the field, 66% from beyond the arc, 19 points. And then Kimball Walker having his volume night, 25 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. And then you had Jeremy Lamb, 5 of 10. Johnny O'Brien, 7 of 9. They go 16 of 26 from beyond the arc. And they were only up 4 
with a few minutes to play. So right, yeah. they've they really have to continue to knock down shots and definitely knock it down from outside and Marco Bellinelli has to play a lot better, I think, and take some of the pressure off of guys like Nick Batum to have an absolutely stellar night. And then Zeller, you hope to see his minutes increase. He got 24 minutes in this one. Hopefully he gets a few more. Uh, The Hornets, here's my point of the game. I think Hornets will have to be ready to go on the boards tonight. Indiana has tied or out-rebounded its opponents in all five games since the All-Star break while averaging 46.6 rebounds per game. The Pacers are 16-5 and this season when posting an advantage on the boards. So if, if they can beat them on the boards, which will be difficult because the Hornets are averaging 43 rebounds per game over their last five, so that's about a three-rebound difference and, you know, they're missing. That's why I think you got to play Johnny O'Brien. Uh, you you got to give those minutes that you were giving Christian Wood to Johnny O'Brien because Bryant, while he doesn't have the, the height that Christian Wood has, you know, Johnny O'Brien only coming in at 6'9", but he has the weight, he has the bulk, and he wants to use it, yeah. and he's energetic, and he can move guys out of the way. And, and by the way, let me say this. I forgot to mention this about Johnny O'Brien. He gave Jokic an extremely difficult time in that second half, was getting into Jokic's head, made him turn the ball over a few times because Jokic was so upset with how physical Johnny O'Brien was playing him. And and, and that's just <laughs> impressive to me. I mean, O'Brien coming in there and, and you put him on Denver's best player and he plays the way he did. That was just, that was impressive. A little something to prove, a little, you know, extra energy. That's what, I think that's what you really want to see out of these guys that you bring out. I mean, obviously, you want them to make the right plays and be in the right position, but how, how important was confidence, even for a guy like Frank Kaminsky? I mean, that's what we've talked about a lot. So um, it's good to see O'Brien come out there and throw his weight around, you know, not be afraid to get in there and mix it up. And like I said, he's been in some of these situations before, so maybe that helps. But certainly that's going to help him get a few more looks. Uh, and and, and he's gonna, you're right, he's going to get the minutes. So one, one last note on this Pacers game for me. Um, speaking of getting out to a good start and, and then closing out, I mean, the Pacers are 26 and four when leading after three quarters this season, but only three and 26 when trailing entering the fourth quarter. So I think it's big for the Hornets, you know, to come out strong. And if they can, obviously it's, they, they'd rather be up after three. Uh, but I think, you know, you want to put the Pacers in a position where they have to come back, especially on the road. Well, especially on the road and especially because they are going to be on the second half of a traveling back-to-back. And, and that, game, that game against the Hawks, it, it came down to a Glenn Robinson game-winning shot. They win the game 97-96, to so that was a, a physically and emotionally taxing game. And so you want to put these guys, not only because of that, but because, hey, we haven't mentioned their star player, their best player. Paul George and and once we've seen this time and time again from the Hornets like they they have to build leads against these kind of teams because they struggle to defend isolation basketball it's one Mm -hmm. of their word like if you look by the way I just signed I signed up for a month of of synergy stats I didn't know that they had like re-released their public stats so I've got I'm just sort of touring around it testing the waters a little bit seeing if it's something I want to keep but uh, there are some interesting uh, stats in there in terms of you know just finding out how teams are made up offensively and defensively and and this Pacers team I mean they like to get out into transition they're not a high paced team 
but they still like to get into transition because they can steal the ball very well. They have a lot of defensive players that like to get in there and steal the ball and Teague and, and, um, and Paul George. They, they have several threats on the post-up. It's, it's not a huge part of their offense because it's not a huge part of any NBA offense anymore, but they have the highest effectiveness when it comes to post-ups, and that makes sense, David, because they have Al Jefferson, we remember that guy. Yeah. We remember how effective like he was. Him. Hey, he played he played 14 minutes I think in that game against Atlanta and led that team and, and led the Pacers in rebounding. Had 8 rebounds in 14 minutes. Crazy. That makes no sense. Go to work. <laughs> Go to work, big man. Not a way. But uh, yeah, so you, you've got uh, but Paul George likes to back down as well, and then they've got Miles Turner. So they've they've got a lot of threats, and the Hornets have not been very good at guarding back downs. But uh, we saw Johnny O'Brien and Cody Zeller having those two guys in the lineup. Uh, they that one on one defense, you know, being able to contain a guy on a post up, it's not something that they've necessarily had all season. Um, but they may have it for this game against the Pacers, so it'll be interesting to see. But both of these teams, uh, the majority of their offense comes from that, uh, you know, pick and roll ball handler, you know, Teague, who killed the Hornets in that last game. The, the Hornets went into that last game against Indiana with a four game winning streak, and the Pacers were able to snap it, and they made a fourth quarter run on the back of eight points from Jeff Teague. So, that's another guy. I mean, they have a. There's a lot of threats on this team, and they they shoot uh, some of the highest uh, field goal percentages in the league. So you know they mm-hmm. are they are deadly offensively. They've been a little up and down defensively, but um, you know they're sixth place in the Eastern Conference for a reason, and a lot of that reason is Paul George. Yeah. Hey, Doug. One thing on this, uh, you mentioned the national game. The Hornets have been pretty good on national TV this year. Um, going up against the Spurs and played very well, lost close, but played Warriors. very well. Yeah, right. So I mean, maybe that's a little extra jolt for this team too. You know, when you got the it'd be nice to win town. one. Yeah, that'd be a good showing, wouldn't it? What? But what would it mean? I guess is the question. Like, what would it mean if they uh, won no, this I mean, game against the Pacers? There, that would put them at twenty-eight and thirty-five. So they're still. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still. Uh, let's do the math here. Beep boop 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 beep boop boop. They're still seven games below five hundred. They would still most likely be eleventh place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, it just means another win. Just just trying to get back. That's it. And they're beating a the team ahead of them, so that would help. Well, that's it. They can't. And I know they're not focused on. Uh, they they can't look at the standings. I mean, you just have to go and take it game nah. to game. But they really. The reality is, David. I think they have to string together five or six games in a row oh, yeah. where they play yeah. extremely good basketball and maybe drop one close. But, you know, you, you they've got to get on a run that surprises everyone. Or yeah. And that's, that's just the position that they're in. In order, you know, they're only three games back, but, you know, the, the games are, the, the, the number of games left to close that deficit is uh, is closing very fast, so they've got to work quickly. And just a reminder to anyone heading out to Spectrum Center tonight, it's a late tip-off, 8 o'clock p.m., because of it being a national TV game. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter 
at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a full recap of this game and much, much more. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Pacers. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.